Coming soon from Milieu Media Group. You know, when we were kids, we all learned this one particular song, Mm -hmm. and it's head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees Knees and and toes. toes. And what we do is what we skip over. If you think about the actual physical motion, we touch the head, we touch the shoulders, we touch the knees, and then we touch the toes. Don't touch anything in the middle. And don't you dare touch anything that is chest all the way down to the knees. Upper thigh. And so we're missing all the fun parts. All the fun parts. All the fun parts. All the best bits. All the best bits. The fun parts. Of the entire torso it includes breast. Yes, because the go breast shoulders, well. shoulders all, all the way down. Way so to it's, the knees. It, is, it is for all genders. Wow, what a bummer! We don't know culturally how to talk about sex. Sexuality or sexual elements become dirty. Dirty, unspoken, hidden away, and unacknowledged. So what are we doing? We're producing a show then. We're just going to try to talk about sex. We're going to talk honestly and openly about the fun parts. Be curious together. We're going to ask questions. We're going to probably cry at times. And sometimes, you know what? We're just going to have fun with wondering about some of the mystery that goes with those fun parts. Hmm. That sounds nice. I think there's going to be joy. There's going to be laughter. There are going to be tears. And the reality is, is there's going to be a whole lot of innuendo weird words that are going to come out of our mouth that we're going to go oh that seems sexual doesn't it so the invitation then is for everyone to join us we're going to embark on a conversation that is uncomfortable for some of us more comfortable for others and the invitation is for everyone every sexual orientation of every gender Place identity life, of every, single married divorced yes race shape and age everyone So if you have access to this podcast right now, this invitation is for you to join us on this journey, exploring the relationship between sexuality and spirituality. Fun Parts! You guys, I've been so excited to share that trailer with you. I'm involved in a new podcast that drops on Wednesday, August 5th, hump day, of course, called Fun Parts. It's an exploration of the relationship between sexuality and spirituality. So go to Fun Parts, wherever you listen to podcasts, click on subscribe, listen to that trailer again, share it, and then buckle up because Wednesday, August 5th, it all starts. Well, hey there, friends. My name is Steve Weens, your host of This Good Word. And today we're going to talk about why we get so triggered when we read something that someone writes on Facebook or Twitter that we don't agree with and that we think is maybe just completely off. Why can't we just move on? Why do we feel so taken in by that and trapped by that? Why, why does that make us lose our minds? And Why do we sit there and write a response and take 20 minutes to do so instead of just moving on and even chuckling? Like, what is that? What is it in us that when when we when we're faced with something that we don't agree with instead of just settling deeply into our own convictions 
Why do we feel so threatened? So let's talk about that. And in order to understand that, we need to understand a concept called dualism. And really the way to understand dualism, it's not bad or good, it's just, it's just this. It's our brain's system of categorizing new or unfamiliar information into one of two irreducible categories, good or bad, right or wrong, safe or dangerous, true or false. And really it comes from a good and necessary place. I mean, obviously there are situations, many situations, in which dualism is really the only way to go when you're getting directions to the grocery store because you're visiting a friend and you don't know that city yet. And instead of just typing the address into your phone, you get directions the old-fashioned way. And you need to turn right at the stoplight and then left at the tree. (laughs) And then another right at Johnson's Old Barn. I just really wanted to say that. We all know that Johnson doesn't have an old barn. It's been torn down years ago. But dualism it also helped us in the prehistoric era remember that uh, there's a saber-toothed tiger that usually hangs out by the blueberry bush. <laughs> and when we stopped to pick blueberries uh, last time, our cousin Eddie got eaten by the saber-toothed tiger and we ran away. Uh, but the next time we come up on that blueberry brush, even though we haven't thought about Eddie for a while and we haven't thought about that saber-toothed tiger for a while, when we get to that blueberry bush, our body fills with adrenaline and we have a flight or fight or freeze response because our brain categorized that blueberry bush as dangerous because Eddie got eaten Now, are all blueberry bushes dangerous? You're going to think so because of the way your brain keeps you safe. And that prehistoric part of our brain that's always trying to categorize things as good or bad, true or false, safe or dangerous, is still operating. It's still operating, and so that's why when we come upon the metaphorical blueberry bush even though now it's just a blueberry bush nothing to nothing to fear here there's no saber-toothed tiger bearing down on us they became extinct long ago (laughs) i don't know if they did or not but i think you get it uh we can't our brains and our bodies don't know how to distinguish right away that that blueberry bush is just a blueberry bush So what I mean by that is this. The reason why we get so triggered when we read that post on Facebook is because there's something dangerous that's associated with that. Something dangerous in our past, something dangerous in our present. Even if the actual fact of reading that Facebook post isn't dangerous, there's something connected to it that feels dangerous. And so your body has that same adrenaline rush as if you were actually encountering something that was physically and actually gonna do you harm. 
And maybe that's because you got, you really did get into a terrible argument with someone about that issue in the past. And so there's no way your body doesn't know how to differentiate between, hey, this is a different person. This is a different situation. There's really nothing to fear here. You can choose to engage if you want to, or you can walk away if you want to. Uh, but there's really no need uh, to feel like actually that, that, you, that you're in actual physical danger. Uh, another way to look at this is, have you ever um, associated a smell? Like you, all of a sudden you smell something and you, um, it's like, oh, yes. That reminds me of grandma's donuts. I have a, a grandma, she actually lived 101 years old. <laughs> Whenever I visited her, she made homemade donuts. And so she would... Uh, heat up a bunch of oil and uh, and then she would make the donuts and then cook them in the oil and then cover them with cinnamon and sugar and then she would give us this plate full of warm donuts and man they were just delicious and so now when I smell the smell of like you know a yeasty kind of a bread cooking over oil I have a very fond memory associated with that. And so that, you know, my brain is telling me safe, good, stay, eat. <laughs> uh, you know, but there's other associations I have with smells that are, um, that are not good. They, 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 they put me in, uh, excuse me, fight or flight mode. That's the same thing that's happening. Your brain is categorizing that blueberry bush as dangerous because one time when you smelled that smell, you had an experience that was really, really tough, really, really was dangerous. And so your mind is translating that as another dangerous system. Your body's experiencing it as if the danger is right there again. And so this is all very real. You're feeling that sense of being triggered or that sense of being unable to walk away from a Facebook post that's against what you believe and think because your brain is actually activating something that's sending cortisol or adrenaline to your body to get it ready for a fight or to get you ready to run. Uh, so there's something that we need to do and that we can do whenever we get triggered and whenever we find ourselves stumbling upon the blueberry bush, uh, so that we can remember that it's actually not dangerous, that it's actually not dangerous. So here's what you do. Let's say you read a Facebook post and it it is filled with the kind of content that you can't just chuckle and move on, but it really is activating something within you. So instead of moving toward your response, consider sitting with your feelings and letting it rise. Like, don't try to stop the feelings from rising. 
let it rise all the way, but like step away from the computer, you know, close the laptop, uh, turn your, lock your phone, put it in your pocket, and then allow the feeling that you have to grow actually. But as you, as you allow it to grow, uh, try to picture yourself watching that feeling come in like a storm, like as if you're watching, picture it like a storm cloud coming in, or even like a big dust cloud. You've seen movies where the desert, you know, out in the desert, and all of a sudden here comes this sandstorm, and they see it coming in the distance, and it's coming closer and closer. But as you see this storm coming in, that is your feelings or your emotions that you have about whatever content that you're feeling, sit there and again, laptop closed, phone off and watch the emotions come in like a storm or like a sandstorm, whatever makes the most sense to you, but with your feet firm on the ground and your eyes open, let it come all the way to you. Picture it like if you picture uh, storm clouds, picture yourself as the feeling rises, getting soaked with rain. But again, you're just firmly standing where you are or sitting where you are. Your feet are flat on the ground. You're not moving. And then let yourself feel those feelings. You're, you're afraid. You're angry. You are incensed. You're enraged. Let yourself feel all those feelings. You, again, you're getting drenched. If you're picturing the sandstorm, you're kind of getting covered with sand. Maybe you picture putting a handkerchief over your mouth and over your eyes so the sand and the dust don't get in your eyes. But let it, let it blow or let the rain fall. Don't try to suppress it. But then in a few minutes, Imagine the rain letting up and you'll know when it's time. You, you actually, if you, when you let your feelings go all the way, they typically don't last for all that long. Doesn't mean that whatever is being triggered is resolved, but what we're doing here is we're allowing that feeling to go all the way through us and then to pass on by. So then you fit you you try to picture that storm, that that rainstorm, that sandstorm moving through you and beyond you. And then you can sort of turn around and watch it as it goes off in the distance. And as you do that, you're being reminded of the impermanence of these feelings that Actually, right now in this moment, you can realize you're safe. That thing that you were afraid of is no longer happening to you. It's not happening to you because um, that blueberry bush, <laughs> the saber-toothed tiger, isn't there anymore. Now, once you do this, you, you may find that you have a little work to do about this situation. That's fine. That's totally fine. But now when you return to that Facebook post 
it can be resized. That you may choose to respond if you want to. But after you've done this exercise of letting the storm blow all the way through, uh, I almost guarantee you that you're just not going to need to defend yourself in the way that you did in the past, you know, or not even in the past, but if just a few minutes ago, you're not going to need to, um, to fight or run. If you choose to respond, you're going to find yourself with a whole lot more curiosity, a whole lot more, uh, you're going to be holding even your own reaction much more loosely than you did when you were so triggered uh, before. I hope that's all making sense. I really think this can lead toward uh, a kind of freedom that you can have, uh, that you don't always have to be imprisoned by people's thoughts, feelings, opinions, because you realize that if your thoughts and feelings and opinions are impermanent, meaning they rise and they fall, that other people's do too, you know? <laughs> like They may seem like they are just red hot about that certain opinion, but you know, you may, if you actually had the privilege to talk to them 10 days later, you know, they might even say, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even really mean that. Or, ah, you know, now that I think about it, I see what you're saying. I, I came across at a level nine when I really was feeling it like a level three, you know, and when we can get outside of the illusion that everybody is their feelings 100% of the time and for all time. And when, when we can walk outside of the illusion that we are our feelings and we are defined by them 100% of the time and all the time, then our feelings can be like sandstorms or like thunderstorms that blow on through. We can give them the respect and dignity that they deserve because they're saying something. They're they're saying that there's something amiss or something not right or something that needs attention, but we don't have to drown in them. And we don't have to believe that our whole reality is subsumed by these feelings or reactions that we're having. I think this is so important because we live in such a reactionary, reactive world right now where everything is so intense and everybody has a level 10 reaction to everything. You know what I mean? And we are so identified by the outrage that we're feeling about this or that or the other thing. And that really clouds our ability to understand another person or even understand our own selves and our own feelings. And so, um, I hope this little practice really can be helpful to you. The next time that you find yourself in a conversation with someone who's triggering you, the next time you read a Facebook post or Twitter, uh, a tweet that is does that to you, you know, when you feel that trigger, when it's big, I just really encourage you to step away for a second. There you are. 
You're at the blueberry bush. Your body's telling you that the saber-toothed tiger is about to eat you because it ate your cousin Eddie. (laughs) But if you can realize that, no, actually, for the most part, and most of the time, uh, not all the time, but most of the time, you really are actually safe and you have a choice in how you respond. And part of that choice is giving the feeling that you're having the dignity of moving all the way through, but then remembering that it is impermanent. It, it will not last forever and it doesn't last forever. And you can stand in your firm ground, in your firm place, and you can get soaked or you can get covered in that sand, but that will not kill you and it won't last forever. You know what I'm saying? So there's this story about Jesus found in the Gospels, and it's kind of a magical story. It's, you know, it's hard to believe, but he climbs into a boat. He falls asleep because he's exhausted, and then his disciples wake him up in the bottom of the boat because there's this huge storm, and these are seasoned sailors. They know how to, how to sail, and they've been through many storms, so this must have been quite a storm because they were afraid for their lives, and they woke up Jesus, and and he calms the storm with a word. Now, how does that work? I'm not sure. Maybe you're inclined not to believe that that kind of thing can happen. And I really think that's 100% okay. I think there's so much to learn in that story, even if you don't believe that actual miracle happened. I actually believe that it could have. I mean, I absolutely, um, I hold that as a possibility. But I don't need for that to be an absolute and utter physical reality that Jesus actually physically calmed the storm. The real miracle for me, for me, is that he was able to sleep in the middle of it. And that's contrasted with these sailors who are fearing for their lives. And there's this reality that, uh, you know, the metaphor of whatever storm you're facing, Jesus essentially is saying, you can transcend it. He's sleeping during the storm. Doesn't mean the storm doesn't matter, and it doesn't mean the storm isn't real. But it does mean the storm, which is your feelings, they come and go. They don't have to take over your reality. And I think that's the miracle of the story. How do you reach a level of consciousness where your storms, your feelings, your emotions, your past, your future, doesn't have the power to take you out. You can live with them. You can recognize them. You can figure out what they're trying to tell you. But they don't have to dictate your well-being. I think that's the real miracle. And if we could enter into that reality and dive into that reality, we would be... We would be fearless. We would be agents of love and mercy, grace. We would be so winsome, actually, to be around. And we wouldn't be so controlled by fear. Uh, Fear of the other, fear of the other opinion. We could read an opinion and chuckle and move on. Doesn't that sound like a better life? I think it does. Well, friends, thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, and as always, uh, I 
would love to hear from you. Go ahead and tweet at me at Steve Weens or go on Facebook, Steve Weens author. Go on Instagram at Steve Weens and uh, let me know what you're thinking. Let me know if you're trying this experiment of separating from your feelings, um, giving them dignity, but also not being controlled by them. Let me know how that's going. And as always, friends, grace and peace. Hey, friends, thanks so much for listening to This Good Word. If you love this podcast, there's three ways that you can support my work. One is by jumping on Patreon, patreon.com slash thisgoodword. You can become a patron at various levels and get lots of good free stuff, including free tickets to any live events that I do, signed books, and other stuff. The second way is to share your favorite episodes via Twitter and Facebook, uh, email, however it is that you share content. Let some friends know that you love it. And then third is to go on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. So thanks so much, my friends. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together.